Hello, welcome to the Bossit Podcast with Mark Edwards and Michael Humblett. This podcast is released every week and is an over-the-shoulder look of a frank and candid discussion between two experienced software executives, providing you with useful tips, techniques, and the latest concepts to help you grow your software business in the fast-paced digital age. So let's get into it. Here is Mark Edwards and Michael Humblett. Michael, can you hear me? Great. Hey, Mark, I can hear you. I hear you've been printing this week. Actually, I'm doing... I'm, I'm going to sell my house, so I need to do so, some refurbishments. You know, <laughs> small things so in life, week, you need to do them too. It's all going to be about some decorating tips, about how to hang your wallpaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and frustration and sales models B2C when you have to buy paint. Because I was amazed several times, like, look at this. They're trying to upsell me this stuff. Hey, guy, do you know? You know, and then this arrogant thing. Do you know what I do? And then the guy looks at you and thinks like, oh, I'm not a douchebag. <laughs> I bet you're a real pain when you go into a shop and, and you get salesmen approaching you, aren't you? Yes, I hate I, it when I, they're I bad. I attack them. I attack them. Try to eat them alive. It's like, you're doing – look at this YouTube channel. I'm teaching you. Look. <laughs> I, I, it doesn't work. It doesn't I know, work. I know exactly pay attention. what you mean. Many, many years ago, I had a salesman or several salespeople came around to sell me – you know when you can do coatings to the outside of your house to help protect them, like these waterproof coatings? And this yeah. one salesman came around, and he sat there in front of me, and he had his folder. And you could see that he'd been trained to turn over the page and almost read word for word from this folder. And after he'd been doing this for five minutes, I said, look, stop, stop, stop. I said, do me a favor. I said, and I actually picked his folder up and closed it up and put it down beside his bag. And I said, just talk to me and explain to me what it is you do and why I should buy from you. And you know what? He couldn't do it. He kept on, he kept on reaching back for this no. folder. He was so conditioned. It amazed me. I mean, I know you want to have salespeople to have structure. And I know that you want them to be consistent you know key marketing message and so on but to get them to the degree that they can only read it from the sales folder that's not good it's not the way you do it is it no that's no, 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 no i also saw something interesting i was looking into electricity and and <laughs> you don't want to know so i arrive at this company absolutely wanted to talk to me so i think you know what the hell just going to go and see what's going to happen. And then they actually, it's the first time I see it, they packaged the way they do electricity. Like we have the basic patch. I mean, they did it like a SaaS business. Explain, it, explain that to me. How do, very what do you mean by that? that? What are they doing? So, so, so they know if you have a house of 200 square meters, you're building a house and it's 200 square, 300, 400. There are like three levels of electricity. You can do like some basic stuff, which where you can do, some most of the work and they basically make the connections that was the basic package do it yourself second package was we actually do the whole thing for you but it's not the most advanced electricity system and the third one was like the whole shebang everything on there and they actually did the whole yeah. like a SaaS company like you know of course you i know you want the middle one but you know we can uh, it was interesting so it was intriguing i ended up saying just just make me a quote right <laughs> <laughs> so you're an awkward customer yeah. <laughs> and Mark I got a subscriber on my YouTube channel <laughs> that's, that's so good bad. 
I hope people are actually not listening. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I've got I've got a question to start you off actually today. It's something that uh, occurred to me during the week, and, and and dealing with a company was, as I said about you know the guy with the sales folder. You want them to follow a particular structure. How do you get salespeople yeah. to hold the information in their head and or ensure that they are speaking in a consistent way? Because salespeople can go rogue. They can go off and sometimes you can't even recognize what, if you had all the salespeople lined up sometimes, you can't even recognize they come from yeah. the same company. How do you keep it consistent? I agree. I, that's a question that comes a lot to me. And you see the typical really good sales guys, they, you, they don't need anything and they're off and they tell a story and they sell, but it doesn't always mean they sell the right thing. Right? There's a lot of trouble with, with, how, with what they sell. It's not yeah. always good for the company, but they have the big deal, right? But it's not always the best one. So I like to add some structure elements like um, a, a flyer or a PowerPoint or something that adds some structure so at least I know they have to cover two, three steps that I'm kind of confident they covered, like, for instance, uh, a pricing model or whatever, something like that. And then it is one of the things I do is I let them on the sales meeting, so I don't do the classic sales meeting where you have the numbers and then you have marketing. And I basically make it a learning moment, and I let all of these sales guys present to the others. So, And then all the others can comment, and then you actually retune the structure the whole time. So they get to hear it over and over again, and then after a while it kind of gets boring, huh? so you yeah. have to... You have to do it. I mean, you have to balance it, of course. And then we also listen to calls, okay. cold calls, and then the senior guys can advise the younger guys and stuff like that. So I kind of reiterate, go back, let them, the younger guys go with the older guys. I always, always recommend to any executive to do random controls. Open an agenda for somebody and say, hey, I'm going to join that yes. meeting in an hour. It works really well, and it's also very scary. Because then you realize a lot, damn, this so story it's, is not So it's right. about rehearsal, repeating it over and over again, refining rehearsal, amongst repeating. their peers yeah. so their yeah. peers can, can also have yeah. input. Um, <sighs> it's not you falling yeah. off your chair yeah. again, is it? Because yeah. yeah. if, yeah. if it happens twice in two podcasts, no, no. I'll start to have doubts about you. What is it you're doing on Friday afternoons? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually in a bar <laughs> in a corner. <laughs> thinking how quickly can I get this done <laughs> I can hear the chinking of ice actually I'm sure <laughs> oh. you know I, I just hit a box of glasses because under my desk now I remove oh, chickens that's... you know that story right so now my whole desk is filled with uh, boxes of glasses and stuff like that because I'm painting in one room right so you're making progress you've removed the chickens you've just got boxes of glasses it's great it's the mental pictures that people must have about you in your office one day I'll share some pictures of this room and then take, people will actually think take like, some pictures, good God. send it through to us and we'll post it with the podcast when it goes out. Yeah, be good. So where, 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 where were we? Good. So, yeah, so uh, repetition. So you're getting contribution repetition? from the peers because that, if it's just coming from you whilst you're working with one salesman, it's not as effective work. as if they're all contributing it because they have to think, no. don't they? They're, they're taking part, they're participating. No. So that's a good, good technique yeah yeah and and the biggest mistake you can do as an executive or as a as, as a founder or, is when you go to these meetings yes. is to take over you cannot and shall not that's hard. nurture. The i should think that's hard a lot of the time for right. all of these guys and it's yeah. it's hard for everybody it's yeah so but 
you have to do that. You have to give, the, I mean, give them pride. Oh, by the way, another trick, Mark. This is something I learned really, really. If you look at most salespeople, most salespeople yes. are proud people. They're proud about a product. They're proud about yeah. the car, the watch, whatever, whatever they do. And most of them are dressed nicely, depending on the business you are, you're in. So one of the things I keep repeating, and it's I don't know why it's hard, is that make the material that they have to present look really nice so they're proud to show it. Because most of the time, they have crappy slides. They have crappy folders. They have, they have stuff that they know they give. It's not effective. So spend some time to make it look really, really nice. Get their buying from the bottom. Ask them how, what they think. Let them show two designs. Let them help you on the, make them part of the problem, yes. and they will use it. That's, 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 it works so, really, really well. But I don't know yeah, why people are not solution with you. Yeah, I make them a lot of times because a lot of them, when I come in, I do this profiling assessment, whatever you want to call it, and they all complain about I don't get any freedom. My boss tries to control every step. and So the first thing I do is I stop that, and I said, you wanted freedom? I'll give you freedom. And then they have to prove themselves. And then they realize freedom is much harder. But I also teach to the boss that if he has to control every step, he's being a dictator. It's not scalable. It's not going to work. So he has to either trust and let go for a part but i mean it's a process eh? no, you no. don't do it as anyway. i think i think actually it, it, no. what you're saying here also relates to one of the other notes that i'd written down um which is i call sound bites sound bites of information we talk a lot about the internet and the access to individuals from around the world you can get access to to experts you can get access to a lot of non-experts and i think the internet is is great but it's also a problem to the same extent and what i'm seeing and i'd, li I'd like to get your input here is what i'd call sort of sound bites of information that are it's an idea it's just an individual idea that's put together in a way that's got a really good hook it could be almost be described as clickbait. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a lot of clickbait. Don't, don't you hate those articles where they say the five best yeah, tips for whatever, uh, and then you click on it, and it's like, yeah. you need to breathe in the morning. Yeah, that's right. Then you need, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> seriously? I do. I'm exactly. nuts with that stuff, I right? But, uh, but I realized the other thing, Mark, just, just completely on a side note, even if you have the best content in the world, I mean, I look at some of the movies I've made, the really best movies, sometimes I had the wrong yes. title, oh, yes. and they just not watched. Yeah. So you need, you, yeah. you fall into the trap of, I mean, the, yeah. the way you write the content is, yeah, so, so, okay, so, so let's go back what to What I'm not saying is that you, you, you know, I'm not underestimating the need for a really good headline. That's undeniable. But what I see, and I think something that is different to what you and I do is that there are people out there that they get an idea that's quite catchy and they will flog this individual idea. And I, I tell you how I, how I come across it. And I'm talking about aimed at, at the software industry, a concept maybe that's aimed at the software industry is in having lots and lots of meetings and calls in those conversations I quite often start getting the same concept or idea fed back to me in conversations. And I think that's coincidence. 
I had a chap two days ago just say that to me, or and I'd had somebody else the week before. I've always noticed that, is that, and, and after a while it seems like the whole industry is sort of, they've they've got this this idea, this new word, this new buzzword, whatever it is, this new concept, and it's being pushed out there. But it it's just that, it's just an individual concept. You see, what I'm hearing, when I'm asking questions of you, you've actually got a system you've got a process, you've got a framework, it's much more of a complete solution. It's not just a, it's not just a band-aid that might be able to help in one, in one particular area. And I think that is, mm-hmm. I think that's really important because as a, as a, a shareholder or, or a CEO of a software company, there are so many decisions that you have to make or you could make. And your first job is to decide where you should be spending your time. Maybe there are other issues. Maybe there are other issues yeah. other people should be spending their time. But where should you as a CEO or where should you as chairman be spending your time? Where do you focus? And then you're not always going to know the answer. Where do you go for that answer? And there's so much of that sort of sound bites, mm-hmm. clickbait out there, which, I mean, first of all, who's giving the advice? You, you know, you've heard me say many times before, don't go for business advice to the 20-year-old who's, who's working out of his parents' basement. You know, that's crazy, isn't it? And there's a lot of that out there. Um, but I think... Yeah, no, I, whereas, I fully agree. Uh, there are some... I mean, it's always... You know, we've talked a lot about... I mean, one of the things I'm saying is that thought leadership expertise is a new way of marketing. It's a new way of selling, so you need to do it. The problem is if you have nothing to say, you're pretty fresh to this. You can shout all day long, but it just falls apart. Um, So it it does need a bit of body. So so it contradicts a bit of the marketing machine approach I do with producing a lot of material and a lot of things. On the other hand, I know this, you know this guy, there is like the the god of SaaS, a guy called David Scott in America. He produces one article on his website per month, one per month, deep dive blog thing. Really, really, really impressive. And that's the other end of the spectrum, like really deep down content. But it's tough when you start with that, because I, how I, do you spread it? Yeah, I, I, you, think, you, um, I think the problem can be, is, you, is you're right, there are people out there that want to be thought leaders, but they actually haven't got a lot to say. And what happens is that they go and copy an idea, and perhaps they... They summarize it or they tweak it slightly. And then you start. I'll tell you the one that I hear so often is about, I know I've got to differentiate my software. The number of times that I've heard that. Yeah. I wish somebody would pay me money every time somebody said that. They go, yeah, 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 I get it. I know we've got to differentiate our company or we've got to differentiate your software. And, And when you start to ask people quite often what they mean by that, it's, it's a conversation that goes nowhere. Mm-hmm. It doesn't actually mean anything. I'll explain what I mean by that. Is What they're saying is you've got to be different within the marketplace, but their thinking doesn't go much beyond that soundbite. And actually, I think that could be totally wrong. I could actually say, I could show you another way of doing it, which is you may be working in a field where actually the, all of your competitors are pretty similar. But how you become more successful than them is by communicating certain aspects of what you do in a better and clearer way than your competitors. 
and there are lots of examples of that in other industries. Um, I might I might have mentioned this before, but I'll, I'll mention it again because it, it illustrates this point really well about the um, beer industry. And a consultant went in and he wanted to find a way to increase their their exposure within the marketplace. He wanted to increase their sales. And he said, I've got to learn about beer because I know nothing about beer. So they took them, took him around the plant mm -hmm. and they showed him the process of how, how they made beer. And the first thing they showed him was how they they keep everything sterilized and how they keep everything really pure. And he said, that's brilliant. I never knew that. Mm -hmm. And he said, we could, we could actually focus on that about the purity and the cleanliness of our beer. And they said, but everyone does that. He said, but not everyone says it. Only you will be saying it. And that's what makes the difference. Because I think in, in wanting to in, yeah, yeah, yeah. coming up with this, this soundbite of you must be different. You've got to differentiate yourself in this very simplistic way. What I see a lot of people doing is that they jump onto something that just happens to be something that the others don't have and they highlight it and actually no one gives a damn because it's not important. You know, I, I could differentiate myself by always turning up to meetings by wearing a red suit. How, how important is that for my client? Well, actually, they'd probably look at me and think I'm a clown. <laughs> and you don't want to be doing business and having somebody advise you who's a clown. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's mm -hmm. these ideas that just get thrown out into the industry because there is this massive demand for content generation and being thought leadership. But what's being thrown out there has been tweaked and summarized to the extent that it no longer means anything. I, I see that quite a lot. Yeah, I see that a lot in yeah. the classic yeah. sales presentations. Huh? And they, they, they make all these statements and then and then the keys, of course. Just ask your question, customer the real reason why they bought it. And the real reason. And it's most of the no, time not what you I think, think it is. I think that is a real... That's where you've really got to stop and you've got to do a lot of thinking. And I don't pe think people do that enough. Is, is saying, what is it we really do? What is it that the customer is really wanting to get from us? And where is that emotional connection? Because it doesn't matter if somebody's B2C or B2B. It's, you know, it's those two-legged things called human beings that are doing the decisions, and they are just the same. I was, I was, I was talking to a colleague of mine, and he said, well, you think of sort of the, the classic Mercedes E-Class car. They don't have a B2C car and then a B2B car. It's all the same <laughs> because we're all human beings. You know, it's the same things that are appealing to them. Yeah. Um, what else? What else has occurred in your world? Emails. Oh. I, last two, three weeks, I started noting when I go into companies that want to accelerate, one of the things I always have a look at back is emails and um, but in a marketing way. Are you sending out newsletters? Are you using, are you capturing emails on your website? And, and I know we just talked about clickbait, but yep. you also have the good type of bait. Um, and most people are like, yeah, we do kind of do something here. Yeah, we send the same old boring newsletter and spend too much time on it. I've seen if you do emails properly, it has an enormous mm. effect. So I'm all in favor of, of automating it properly, looking at the system, 
and not just doing a MailChimp or one of these, that, which is basically, a, 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 I mean, a very old school way of doing newsletters. By the way, if you look into the the style of newsletters of the the, the real high end guys, it's always like it looks like a normal email. It has five six sentences and one thing to click. I know it seems hard, but I mean, it's just the essence of the thing. So you need to know your yes. dream customer really well. But then yeah. it's easy to answer to do this. Do you, think, do you think that there's less of a concentration on email marketing now than perhaps a couple of years ago? I I don't have that feeling. I mean, since the whole GDPR stuff came, there was a lot to do around emails, and I've never had so many emails in my life and so many bad emails. <laughs> really, really crappy. Something I noticed, uh, Mark, I also have a UK yep. uh, email address. For some reason, I get a lot more spam on that one, although I don't use it a lot, than on my... Yeah. I, no, I, I, I think funny, you huh? do, because um, it's an English-speaking country. So there's a lot of, of spam that comes out of America. Uh, there's a lot of spam that's aimed at English-speaking countries, yeah. and, and we are one of them. The UK is an obvious one to think of, isn't it? Uh, I think we've been hit by yeah. spam probably more than most countries. But uh, one, the other thing I've noticed is that more people are also going back to paper yes. distribution uh, because if I open my mailbox, there's almost nothing. I mean, my physical uh, white mail or how do they call it? white mail? If I open it, I have two letters and they're <laughs> probably bills or somebody complaining about something. So, so if I get something else, I'm actually looking at that's it. Quite an, at that's this. quite an interesting little picture you've painted there. So you either get bills or letters of complaint. What is it? You, what is it you're doing, Michael? No, it, I mean, it's always it's like the, the the community. I mean, how do you say that? The local council ah. telling me that they've just changed the law and I need to put not green bags, but I need to put purple no, bags. No keeping, that kind of stuff. No keeping and chickens you need to in read your it, office. Though. That sort well, of complaint. No, no, your chickens are driving you about noise <laughs> one day. Yeah. One day. I've, actually, that reminds me because I've been. I was speaking to somebody last week. I think it was um, introduced mm-hmm. to me by somebody I've known for many years, and this guy is an expert in online and offline marketing, in how to analyze mm-hmm. the data. So they, what they've done is that they've created software that can grab data points for online and offline marketing. And his real expertise is in interpreting that. Um, and I've been talking to him provisionally, see what sort of feedback. I'd like to get your thoughts on perhaps doing a, a podcast interview on him. Yeah, I think it's been you an should, interesting area. Should. The, the other thing I've noticed, now, now we're kind of getting into this area, one of the things that I've been saying to people since a few weeks is, when you send out a quote, why don't you make that in a more dynamic, interactive way? Meaning, if you send a link, people open it. So, one, you know they've opened it. Because you want to know where are they watching, where are they spending time. So, I've been helping lots of companies to switch their standard, typical quoting process to like an online version. And you can actually, very interesting, you can actually integrate that with the CRM system. And you can actually see how much time they spend on is, is this? Is this Very using, because there's, there's some companies out there that offer this type of solution with a platform. Is that is that using one of these solutions or yeah. is that? Oh, yeah, but you have, you, you can, I mean, there, there's 
you can go from very light to very advanced. For instance, uh, HubSpot has some of this functionality, but not fully. You have some a company called Audience Advantage that has this very high-end, really, really beautiful. But you have some light versions. Growth hackers, when they start, most of the time yeah. they just do it with Google Slides. You can make individual Google Slides and see if the other person is going. But there are, of course, Mark, there of is course. a SaaS tool for everything in the world. I'll give you two names. One of them you can check. One is Panda.com. P-A-N-D-A. And they do this. Yes. Panda, like the you know the big fat animal that 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 <laughs> that does nothing actually the whole day. Everybody wonders what's the reason of existence. But you're the, you're the David Bellamy of Belgium, aren't you? You know the big the big fat black and white I, animal I that still, does nothing all day, and I don't know why it exists. Yeah, you, that's fine. Yeah, yeah I, I've got it. <laughs> I still have to tell you one story. It might not be appropriate for this podcast, but I have to tell the story because I find it so funny. <laughs> oh, so no, in Belgium, we had two, two, you know, we, had, we had three pandas. Very important. We, we imported them from China. We gave them a really good life. We still give them a good life. But we wanted to have a panda baby because the reason why we got them was to do a breeding program with these pandas. But the male panda didn't want to do what <laughs> males want to do because he was busy eating, sleeping, doing everything. So they really, literally, they did this. They put on panda, uh, how to say this in the most nice way without shocking people. So the whole day long... I have no idea where this is going to go, but I, I'm worried. And, and they, they actually showed to the panda, the, the, the male panda, they showed how to do you, it with other pandas doing it the mean, whole day long. You mean they showed the panda, panda pornography? <laughs> panda pornography. <laughs> So that's what we do these days. We do panda pornography. It took him nine <laughs> months to get it. But it worked eventually. Actually, the panda probably caught on much earlier. He, he sussed it in the first week, but he thought, well, if I do the business, they'll take away the, my, my panda pornography. I'll hang this out for a while. <laughs> imagine, imagine they do this. So we have sales guys who think, guys, it's not working. I'm not going to show you movies. Though. Anyway, anyway getting, getting completely off track. So, Panda Doc, you started yes. by asking me questions, right? Panda Doc, that's one. And the other one, it's almost impossible to pronounce, which is Quirrell. Okay, how do you spell this? I will tell you in an instant. Quirrell, yep. and it's Q-W-I-L-R. And it's very cheap. And the way it looks, it builds, so it takes your offer and it builds like a mini HTML kind of landing page slash PowerPoints approach. So it's very interactive, very dynamic, it's very attractive. You click, you go through, and then you have a quote. You can actually integrate Stripe in there so that people can actually pay straight in there if they want to. And two, uh, you can also do the automatic e-signatures, all of that. It integrates with lots of CRM systems. Very, very nice. I, I saw it last week. I didn't know that one. And I thought I'm going to change all my offers to this thing because it's really, really interactive, dynamic. Of course, your customers, when they're a bit yeah. old style, they can print it. But at least That's you know exactly what I looked at a number of these types of solutions a few years ago, but I've not kept up to date and seen what's out there now. I'll have a look at those because I yeah. think there's an enormous amount of potential. Yeah. And, and funnily enough, just, just today I was exactly. having a conversation. Um, we introduced um, a company, a web design company, but it's a company that we knew really well to one of our clients, and they put forward a proposal. I'd not, because I've been working with this company for so long, I don't remember seeing any of their proposals, but the client came back to me and said, they do look qualified, but they've sent me the worst proposal I've ever seen in my life. And they sent me a copy of it. It was 29 pages long. 
And it, it reminded me of a book that I probably read 20-something years ago. And I can't remember the name of it. And it was by a chap who was in the Middle East. And he um, was quite well known. He had been an arms dealer. He had sold um, ships. He would sold um, oil. Really big, big deals. Very, very successful. And the whole book was about him and his outlook that he never made more than a one-page proposal. He said, everything you need to say should be said in one page, which is really quite extreme. But, I mean, I understand what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. I know a guy that, that I've seen a quote of 450K also in one page with one sentence. Really? And the customer signed. <laughs> really. I saw it because I said, you're nuts. This is never going to work. So I, I think what you can do is what I do, for instance, is I always separate the quote, the money part, yes. from everything else because I know they have to send it to procurement whatever. And I keep that really simple. So I basically make it such way like one or two lines says a bit what it is, then you have a bit of conditions, and I, I, they can sign, they probably, I mean, they, they, they'll send you something else, but it doesn't matter, but it's like one page, and then I send them like four, five, or six PowerPoint slides, which are really, really nicely designed, with their logo in, and, and explaining exactly what the process is, and all that. We do. I mean, I think you guys do the same. Huh? You have this really nice, I mean, I show this presentation sometimes to people, that, that and then tell them, this is yeah. how it should yeah, look it's, like. It's, it's, it means... <laughs> Before bashing, you know, before showing you the previous one, which was horrible, Mark, and I keep saying, this is Mark. <laughs> well, you, you, have to, you have to step back and, and look at what you're doing sometimes, and uh, we needed, we knew that we needed to make something that's more compelling. Sometimes true. you just do yeah, things true. out of habit, and you don't even look at it, um, but it's, it, it true. is important. True, 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 true. Um, but one page, I think, is, is quite strange. So, so by the way, by, uh, a very interesting parallel here. Is I had a friend of mine was like a uh, how do you call it? It's uh, like a lean mass. You know, they go into very very large organizations, most of the time factories, and they get paid fortunes. And what they do is they say, "Look, I'm yes. going to optimize the whole thing here, and I'm going to make sure you win X percent, but I want one percent of that." And they make fortunes, and they go in six seven months, they work day and night with a whole team, and then they optimize. And he told me, "I said the first thing we always look at, always." Is waste, meaning literally the way they put garbage outside, the way they they let let it come pick up. Is it? It's like an aspect nobody realizes. You can save so much cost with it. So if you think about it, and you look to software companies in, in the area we are, it's like quotes and all of this stuff. Yeah, you need to look at it. You need to really, really, because for me, you need yes. to sell the quote itself. And imagine if it looks really. I mean, in my business, I'm doing sales strategy. I need to have a really interesting quote because how that's walking my talk. How many software salespeople out there today, because I know how it used to be a number of years ago, are sitting, wasting hours every week putting together proposals? Yeah, so that's the other thing I, I do. I will very quickly, if the team is large enough, add sales operations or streamline the process yeah. immediately, saying who's doing what. So he spends four hours on a quote and then the other guy spends three hours. Yeah. What the hell are you doing, guys? See, unless they are really large government or tender stuff, that's that's separate. But I would actually hire like really light resource or even even virtual assistants, that kind of stuff. I'm all into efficiency of that part because I want these guys outside talking to people. Yeah. That's the main goal. And and yeah. backing, I mean, you need to fix somewhere else. And by the way, it shows most of the time that I mean, the product is way too complex. 
or the story is not optimized. The sales story is yes. not optimized. Too many options. Yeah. Too, too much information. And how many people receiving those proposals look and see how many pages there is and go, oh, nobody I can't read, read all that. I'll flick it. to the price. How much is it going to cost me? I, 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 yeah. I worked with a company. I, I used to be head of global sales and then very complex projects. We would send 80, 90 slides. And I was one day when they send it over, I was with the customer and he just went like, scroll, 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 scroll. Last page, the budget. Nah, that's too much. I need 100K less. Uh, can you redo it? <laughs> what? <laughs> And that's the day I decided to pull the money out think, of these type of documents. Do you think it's also keep it a, a symptom of um, uh, a poor sales um, process in the fact that they're still feeling that they need to sell at the stage they're proposing when actually the selling should have been done before that and all they need to then be able to say is, this is how we're going to work with you, this is the yeah, price, these are the, key ben- these are the key benefits. You know, you know, it's... it's- yeah, certain companies do need all the formalities. I mean, I, I, I did a, a training to a state-owned company here in Belgium, and it took them five weeks and I think 60 emails to just get the PO to me. Training was done already, by the way. So some, 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 some type of businesses, they just have to struggle. But I fundamentally actually agree. It's one of the things you need to streamline, you need to look into, you need to simplify your offer so it becomes very clear. This is what we do. The one exception a bit you have is real consulting you sometimes really need to explain in detail what you're going to do so you actually need yes. scope. Yes. But then I would make a quote which is rather in blocks and I would say after analysis and then they get a project management type of document, right? And then you go to the professional service consultant, customer success, whatever you want to call them, and they actually then, because it's their day job, they make the fine stuff in here. But, but you need to tune it. Yeah. You need to yeah. go fast. Make it attractive and engaging as well. Well, yeah, that's that's the other part. Don't overdo it. Eh? If it's too funky, people might get scared, by the way. I, I've seen once a quote where I thought, okay, you can't do this. Yeah. This is way too funky. It Make it appropriate a sense of, for I mean, your audience. The gap, yeah. There you yeah. go. Okay. Yeah. Well, that I yeah. think that's good advice to end on, don't you? It's been 33 minutes and 40 seconds. Um, it's Friday afternoon. We probably could have a bit of an early day. You can go and do some painting or go and chase... Go and chase, yes, chase chickens hours. around your office or whatever it is you do over there in Belgium. And um, I'm just going to go and lay prone somewhere and have a rest. So thanks. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thanks, Michael. Speak to you again soon. Cheers. Bye. Thanks, Michael.